Word up. Reclaimed audio. Upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 43 for August 29th, 2016. This week's top Patreon supporters are Luis Gonzalez, Make Build Modify, Stu Morrison, The Godfather Jimmy DeResta, Trust in Timber, Sean Petty, and Scott Turner. My name is Phil Pinsky. With, it, with me, as always, is Tim Sway. And, hey, uh, good, yeah. And uh, Lutz is here, this, as always, you know, right? Hey guys, how's it going? Hey Casey, how are you? Good, yeah. So how's your week, Casey? Good. My week is so awesome, you won't even believe what happened. Um, You guys called and asked me to be the new co-host of the show, and that is just so flattering because I know I know the applicant pool is really competitive, and there are a lot of really great people out there, um, but. I'm really honored to to uh, kind of you know take over for that other guy that you had before, and oh, I just have to tell you guys something. Um, I would listen to your podcast before going to bed, and that other guy who used to co-host with you, he's a little creepy. Um, yeah. So it was a little hard to go to. It's a little hard to sleep after listening yeah. to some of those episodes. I just well, you know. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, we're we're super glad that you you took the job and uh, and all that, and it just helped a lot that you you had a name. That, oh, hang on. Uh-oh. Oh, wait. Oh, I gotta do the podcast. I'll be in a little bit. Oh, hey, uh, Bill. Didn't know that oh, you were. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? Hi. <laughs> didn't know you were going to be joining us. Uh, what? Um, I don't. Yeah. Huh? So the this? Emmy this goes to the Lucy here on this one. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Congratulations you to both too, of you. You too, Fine my active. friends, my fans, <laughs> and now my wife. This is just getting to be too much. So um, Casey is joining us on the podcast this week because she actually had a, an amazing topic for us to discuss. And it was something that Bill and Casey had been discussing off air. And then she sort of approached us with it. And it's um, it's a phenomenal topic. And I think it's uh, really relevant to a lot of us who are makers and who potentially sell things that we make. So um, just and sort ca- of – And Casey's – particular career and skill set fits right in with this as well but yeah, for sure before we, before we jump into that we should probably stick with the format yeah. and go into what Absolutely. we're all working on right now let's what are we working on bill uh what are you working on tell me you're back in the shop oh I, you know what i am and i'm excited about that and real quick uh just a couple shout outs uh david welder his crossbow video from garbage he made this crossbow mill, yeah. one million views congratulations david we love you Sebastian Olari, a couple of things with uh, that young man. He had a thousand subs and uh, 160,000 views, which is pretty incredible. But even Mm. more importantly than that, he made a old, junky, nasty plane tool, Rusty. It was horrible. He restored this hand plane that I sent to him, and it came out phenomenal. So, Sebastian, um, great job, man. I'd like to see you make beautiful things with the beautiful work that you did there. And so, what am I working on? I actually have, guys, check this out if you can see it. Do you see how my thumb is shiny right here? Because I was putting on a, a clear coat on my uh, palette project just before you called, and that's why I didn't answer the first time. And and, and there's clear coat on my thumb because I, I got a little bit – because I was doing some work on my bench. So what's on my bench? My palette upcycle challenge Sterling Davis thing project stuff that I'm making. That's what? Yeah, Casey, you're worried <laughs> about the creepy part. <laughs> I, I'm just amazed that he can say that many words in one breath without, you know, passing out. But that's, I've known this for years. It's, I, it's, I have it's the lung capacity of a water buffalo. It is always amazing to watch. Is that a lot? I, I don't know. Tim's shrugging also. I don't know. Is that the metric of, of lung capacity? Well, three quarters of a water buffalo. I'm like a half a water buffalo myself. Half a water buffalo, yeah. Casey, what are you working on? Um, well, maybe to give this a little bit of context, I'll just explain that, um, my skill set that Tim referenced earlier is in the universe of fashion, beauty, and specifically hair. Um, I have been a hairstylist for eight years and, um, for the last three of those eight years have co-owned a salon in Oakland, California with two other really amazing women hairstylists. Um, and in the last three years, 
the business has really grown quite a bit, as has the city of Oakland. Um, but currently what we're working on is something that I think is very um, relevant also to your line of work. Um, but we are, we are currently working on putting together an apprenticeship program. Oh. And this it's kind of a milestone in the development of the business um, to say that we're ready to take on mentoring somebody. Um, so that's really, really exciting for us. And I I really feel like um, mentoring is an excellent thing to do to be inspired because the the sort of new talent that's coming in to the salon are people who have just finished their education and are getting the most modern and cutting edge techniques and things that, you know, have developed and evolved since I was a student eight, nine years ago. Um, so that's very cool. And they're also coming in really bright eyed and bushy tailed and, you know, it kind of helps you remember what that felt like at the beginning too, and reconnect with that excitement and that um, sort of naivete about not knowing what you should be scared to try. And then just kind of going for everything, you know, trying, trying everything, making mistakes, learning. But I think the thing I'm most excited about with this apprenticeship program is um, I really believe that teaching is the best way to learn. And so no matter how experienced you are at something, um, teaching somebody what you know can really help you get better at, at, at what you know. So, absolutely. You know what's yeah. really cool, honey, is that uh, um, Tim has—he's had a couple apprentices now. He's got one who's a bright-eyed young person that's actually learning something important, and the other one is he put his mother to work in the shop to do all the dirty labor. <laughs> um, so Lucky. I'm just curious—is is your mom, who's probably listening, hi mom, uh, is she going to go to work uh, slave labor in the salon? No, my mom's awesome. I would never do that to her. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I think um, I think she did her time with cleaning up after me for the first eighteen years of my life. So, you know, I try not to try not to ask for too much and just appreciate how awesome she is. So, yeah. You know, uh, when I was. One of the things that one of my musician friends had taught me that he had learned at music college. I didn't learn this in music college, but I kind of figured this out on my own because that's that's a whole other topic. But that's how I learned everything is on my own. But um, uh, he was encouraged to, as a musician, to perform, to teach, and to write because you needed to do all three. You needed to create. You needed to perform other people's work, and you needed to teach in order to uh, to be a balanced, yeah, musician, balanced artist. Uh, so it sounds like that's what you're talking about. I fully agree with that. <laughs> and yeah, and I, really I was just going to say for Tim to raise your volume a little bit. You were a little low. Okay. That's all. <laughs> yeah, and I really feel like everybody, no matter how experienced they are, has something really valuable to teach everybody else. And that fully includes the apprentice. I think there's a lot that everyone on our staff can learn from the, the, the apprentice as well. So that's reciprocity is one of our um, core values for the business. And so I think that that really comes into play there too. Like each one, teach one, you know, Absolutely. You know, Phil, Phil, before you tell us what's on your bench, I was thinking that, is that why you treat me so well as, as your apprentice? Um, is is trying, because you learned really, really so trying. much while doing that? Yeah. Yeah. I've learned a lot, like a lot. <laughs> By teaching me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have learned a lot, but not from apprenticing you or being apprenticed or however that works. You happen to be um, extremely knowledgeable on many, many subjects in making and, and in life. And uh, in all seriousness, <laughs> I've learned quite a bit from you. But uh, enough gushing. T-Money, what, uh, what are you working on over there? Um, well, as we discussed last week, uh, over the weekend, uh, my family moved Madeline out up to college where she just started her classes today, um, which is oh, – congrats. You know, uh, you know, and there's all the emotions that are involved with that and the nest and all that and everything. But uh, what was fantastic about it um, was that Maddie, there were some kids that were there that were like, you know, nervous and scared and not ready. And, you know, like worried about leaving their parents or talking to other parents and all this stuff. Maddie is just ready. And, uh, and it was just exciting to just like watch the bird fly. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, we miss having the bird around, but I, I just, I love seeing her go and, uh, and. I can't wait to see who she becomes, like I said last week. But the other plus side of that is that I get my office back down in the basement <laughs> because she moved all her stuff out. So I'm sitting at the big desk again, and I have uh, I was able to hook up my studio, and so I'm using my new microphone, so I'm, I apologize if I sound a little different. I'm still dialing in some of the equipment I'm using, uh, sitting in the big chair, and uh, and hopefully going to start uh, recording some music again for my videos and whatnot and some other silly things we've been discussing. You know, I noticed, Tim, you've been doing a lot of um – 
music for other people uh, for their videos. And just in case you forgot, three, four, ten years ago when I asked you if I could maybe have some Tim Sway music for a video, I'm just – but no, I don't, I don't want you don't to worry about that. that. Worry about your microphone volume. It's all good. No, I don't remember that. But, you know, Casey, I was thinking if uh, if you guys needed some kind of theme song for some advertisements or anything, you know, for your your store, I would be more than happy to do Thanks, that. Thanks, Tim. That's so someday. awesome. I'm but, excited. Uh, no, sorry, sorry, Bill. I don't remember any of that. <laughs> you guys anyway, noticed no. that – you guys noticed she's the one with red hair not me, right? I am not the stepchild here. <laughs> I'm the stepchild too. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, Dolly Parton once said, "I don't, I don't mind when people talk about dumb blondes because I know I'm not dumb, and I know I'm not blonde." And I'm just <laughs> gonna say that, uh, yeah, you go ahead and believe this is my natural hair color. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. This is mine. Gray is my natural hair color now. <laughs> Phil, how about you? Um, I wasn't able to get much done in the shop this week. I was sort of really. Um, Involved in a lot of family stuff. It's my brother's wedding this coming weekend. So uh, in and out there. Uh, and I have a step stool to build. So I'm kind of under the gun for that. But uh, one milestone that I'd like to sort of put emphasis on and thank everyone for is I hit uh, 3,000 subscribers on YouTube. So that was really, really great. I was super happy about that. No <laughs> kidding. Seriously? Woo-hoo. Yeah. Last I checked, 3,001 or something. I could check right now. <laughs> oh, I cannot subscribe. Don't worry. We'll even that out. Okay. <laughs> that's that's a milestone, brother. Yeah, seriously, that's hey, a hell that's of a milestone. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. No, that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. Okay, let's get back into the podcast. Yeah, three thousand. That's amazing. Okay, let's move on to um, <laughs> let's move on to our topic. Before we do that, real quick though, can I just point out that I am the only one this week who's really making something? I'm just saying, I'm the only. I'm one. making all sorts of stuff. I'm just not talking. <laughs> Well, okay, I'm the only one who's happen. making something that there's proof because I talked about it. <laughs> Wait, did we wow. he- did we hear what everyone's making? To do? Yep. Okay. Even Phil. Even yeah. Okay, we heard from everyone. even me this okay. week. I was actually prompted. Sorry, half my brain is on my you know what am I going to say and being prepared and all that. So. And yeah, no worries. In fact, you should be prepared because right now you're about to introduce this topic because yes. it's going to be a big one and. Maybe take a couple of breaths and then launch right into My it. My thoughts on introducing the topic were I maybe should just sort of tell the story that I told you guys about us driving by that festival and how that kind of, you know, sparked the conversation. What do you think? We've Done. only got Go an hour. It. We're recording right now. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'll punch you. Okay. Um, so today's... That's staying in, by the way. <laughs> no, don't say that. I'm not violent. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. No, no, she's not at all. Think that I promise. Or else, I'm not violent. <laughs> I just like him to. I like to maintain a base level of him being afraid of me. It just, you know, it's good to have just a base level fear going on. You know, oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. How yeah. That's cool. <laughs> okay, um, okay. So today's topic is art v craft. Um, so this topic came about because a few weeks ago. Billy and I, and by the way, I call him Billy, but I know he prefers to be called Bill. So, you know. I, I, I don't, I, I don't prefer to. I introduce myself as Bill, but I'm the youngest of seven, so I'm extremely used to Billy. Okay. Okay, Billy. Billy. So, uh, Billy and I were driving in Fremont, California, which is about 15 minutes south of our house, and we were passing by a an art and wine festival. And it was a Sunday, and we didn't really have an agenda that day. And Billy asked me if I wanted to pull over and check out the Art and Wine Festival. And I had. I really just wanted to get some wine, but that's (laughs) another topic. And I had this really strange um, sort of gut reaction to that, which was, what? No. Why would anyone ever want to go to an art festival? Um, And I'm really sorry to. Art, art appreciators out there in the world, because um, that's not meant to be offensive, and we'll kind of explain more later what I meant by that. But um, when I said that, Billy was like, huh, well, that is like such an unexpected thing to hear coming from a hairstylist who, you know, does kind of artistic, creative stuff for a living. And I thought about it, and I realized that I actually don't really um, think of my what the work that I do in terms of being an artist, I really think of it in terms of being a craftsperson. Um, I think I, I'm very grounded in my left brain when I do hair. And when I'm cutting, I'm thinking about geometry. When I'm doing color, I'm thinking about chemistry and physics. There's an element of um, light wave canceling to color. And um, so, yeah, I really don't identify as an artist. And then his response to that was, that is also 
an unexpected thing to hear because you do a lot of avant-garde hair, like asymmetrical haircuts or, you know, colors that have turquoise or fuchsia in them. And really that hair looks like art. Um, it doesn't look like practical everyday hair. And I'm really lucky that I get to do hair in Oakland where people want really fun stuff like that. And my process, even to get those kinds of things, is still very, um, you know, very technical and very clinical, I would say, and very left brain oriented. So, um, so this whole conversation of what is, you know, why do I identify as an artist or not actually was really relevant to Billy too, because, um, side note, my, my deep connection to the work that you guys do is through Billy because he basically built every single piece of furniture and every fixture in the salon from found materials um, because when we were opening the salon we really didn't have budget for furniture and he he just pinch hit and was like I'm going to make some stuff you know maybe you won't like it um, but once you have enough money you can replace it with real furniture and it, the things that he made turned out so stunningly beautiful that they actually have come to very strongly um, define the identity of the business where like so much of our walk-in business is people walking by and seeing how beautiful the interior looks and saying, I want, I want to get my hair done there. Um, as a matter of fact, sorry, this is kind of a long side note, but as a matter of fact, when we first opened, clients would come in and sit down for services, and the whole time they'd be like, wow, this is so beautiful, this furniture is amazing. And then we'd be doing their hair, and the entire time they would be not shut up about how amazing the furniture is. And then we'd finish their hair, and we'd r really hope that they like it, but we wouldn't be sure because <laughs> basically at the end of the appointment they would say, so... Um, can I get this guy's information? I might want him to build me something. And then we had to deliver the, you know, really devastating news that no, he doesn't do this for a living. This is like a very special favor he did for us. He has a day job, but you know, I mean, it's as a patron of um, the creations that makers make uh, and not an actual maker. I just thought it would be nice to throw out there to you guys um, the sort of impact that your amazing work has on the rest of the world on we civilians. Um, and I think it's a really, really intimate thing you do um, if it's something that can go so far as to de define a business identity, you know, and I'm just imagining people having made pieces in their homes and how sort of intimate that is and how meaningful it is to kind of look around and really feel like this is my space because someone made this with their hands and I and I chose it. So anyways, um, I don't know if that's really... You know, before, yeah. before, before you go on, I, I, I got to tell you that having hearing this from you in this format where it's not... I mean, because don't get me wrong, you and, and your business partners and, and our friends and family of all, I, 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 I am embarrassed by the amount of attention <laughs> I, I get sometimes. Um, but hearing it in this format where it's like you're a guest host and you're pre... I, I'm I'm kind of a big deal. <laughs> it's true. I'm, it's true. Everybody who I didn't realize it till just now. I rock. Hang on a second. But uh, just pause the podcast. I just have to adjust my screen because I all I can see is Bill's head. <laughs> wow, it's, it's so he, okay, I, I can tell you. Okay, okay go on. I can tell you. Um, I can tell you from actual hands-on experience that he has a huge head. I call it, I call him pumpkin head when I'm cutting his hair because not only is it giant, but it actually has a couple of lumps in it too. It's like when you go to the pumpkin patch and it's the, the one pumpkin that's sort of like wonky looking and you're like, I'm going to take pity on this pumpkin and, and make it like a really cool, like weird lopsided jack-o'-lantern. Anyways. Story of my marriage. <laughs> right um, so back to, back to the story about art versus craft. Um, so the, a lot of the pieces that he made for the salon are very sculpture-esque and they get compared to, um, or they get kind of regarded as sculpture a lot. Like a lot of the people who fawn over the furniture, like this is so beautiful. It's such a work of art. And he was telling me that he also doesn't really think of himself as an artist, that he sort of thinks of himself more as like a guy who makes stuff, you know, I've got a skill set, you know, and it's, it's, it's not that I like have this innate in, you know, like, cre you know, creativity or intuition, or like, there's just some like magic divine, you know, inspiration coming through me that I want to make a sculpture. It's like, no, I, I think of myself as a craft person. So we, then we started talking about, well, if your, if your furniture pieces are being likened to sculpture and my hair is being likened to, you know, art, then what really is the difference between art and craft if we both feel like we're not artists? So that, that was like this whole conversation that, that we had. And that's, and that was, okay. yeah. Phil, Tim, Phil, Tim, go. Yeah, go. One, two, three. <laughs> Ready, set, go. <laughs> what is, wow. what is art? What is craft? How are they the same? How are they different? 
I think those are the uh, core questions here. Tim? You want me to do go first? <laughs> well, because because uh, I'll well, be honest Tim, with you, I don't Tim consider really myself identifying. I don't consider myself an artist. I do consider myself more of a craftsman. Yet you do consider yourself an artist practicing a craft. Well, that's what so I thought I'm was going to be. To get your take on it, right? I thought that would be interesting too when when Casey presented this this to us because I I do call myself an artist and uh, and I accept all the pretentiousness <laughs> that comes with that, which is a lot. <laughs> it it is a lot, and uh, and I also feel like it gives me the right, like if. Um, if I'm identifying myself as an artist, it gives me the right to make fun of other people that identify <laughs> themselves as artists. Totally. <laughs> because I I totally like, you know, like I go down that road sometimes and I and I'm not like uh I, I think of myself as a practical artist. Mm. Um because all all of my art has you know, and I mean and I and I and I got to where I'm at via this long and twisted road of of music and other forms of art. Um and so initially my goal was to communicate with people, um, to say things that maybe other people have trouble saying. That's what music does. Um, music is a language that picks up where words leave off, you know? And so that was what drew, drew me to music. When I, I found myself tongue tied looking for the right words, like I am right now, I could go to music. Um, and then after speaking that way for a while, I found myself, you know, being like leaning towards some of these environmental issues and some of these social issues. Uh, I, I wanted to start speaking through tangible things. And, uh, and practicality has been a big part of that, whereas music was uh, kind of impractical in a lot of ways, even though it, I mean, I consider music as important to survival as oxygen and like tofurkey. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but a lot of people don't. Um, but everybody needs a table. To eat their tofurkey, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, so my my sort of artistic endeavor sort of went that way. But what Casey said that was was really interesting. Um, she's talking about using her, uh, and um, the left brain is supposedly like the the straight and narrow, and the right brain is the creative, right? Um, so Casey was talking about how she, a lot of her work is in her left brain. I think that I I, I took a little note. Um, I think that while I'm working. I'm using my left brain. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to cut myself on this. I'm going to set this jig up properly. I'm going to put this fence here. Uh, and then the right brain is coming up with the idea in the first place. So that's like arts v crafts in some ways, like, uh, you know, left brain versus right brain. Right. So like Casey, you're using both halves of your brain. Like you're having a, a vision of the perfect purple mohawk, mm -hmm. well, you know? Yeah. But then you need your, but then you need the right brain or the left brain rather to make it happen. Yeah. Actually what's, Interesting about what you just said, too, about the right brain versus left brain. Um, in school, I was always somebody who excelled in math and science and was, like, sort of naturally drawn to doing math and science um, and not as much um, in the sort of writing and, and social sciences side of things. Um, and I actually found... I don't I don't necessarily think that the left brain is mutually exclusive from creativity because math is extremely creative. Mm. There are so many mm. so many ways that you can solve a problem with math. And so mm. I actually feel like I personally discovered my creativity through math. <laughs> it sounds really geeky, but it's true. No, I I've heard that before. Yeah. I have I have a friend who is No, Tim, she's right. It is geeky. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I own that. I own that. No, no, my my friend is a little geeky too. But uh, <laughs> he was telling me about the beauty in math, and I, like me, I'm the exact opposite. I I was very interested in history and uh, English, you know, um, and uh, you know literature, uh, but in music, of course. Um, but yeah, no, I remember like, and I I never got that until now. I was a you know a guy that uses a tape measure a lot. <laughs> I kind of wish that I had a better grasp <laughs> on math. I I do understand now the beauty in math that I just never got younger, you know? Yeah. Are you guys ready for the answer to this, to this question? Because yes. I figured it out. 42. Well, talking about math and numbers. And, yeah. Yes, 42. <laughs> so the answer is, okay, a craftsperson it does something in a very beautiful, skilled way, but does it in, in a repetitive manner. A cobbler, a uh, sartorial expert, you know, someone's making shoes, someone's making suits. They have this incredible gift, this honed, practiced, experienced gift for making something, but they make they make it often, and it comes from, right? An artist will make something derived from skill, but 
usually a one-off because it's a statement. It's something. It's it's something that you're saying. It's it's a commentary on the world you see. Whereas a craftsman who's making shoes does a beautiful job doing it. But that's a size nine that he's making for you, and he's going to make me a size seven and whatever it is. So that's sort of the way I see. I see the 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 ability comes from the same place. The execution is what defines it. You just I, I think that could be applied. Um, I, I agree with that. And I also think that same cobbler can be an artist because he might design in his head before he actually cobbles a pair of shoes for you exclusively. As yeah, if well he makes as, one and it's this really cool pair and it's, and it's different and it's saying something, then that's art. But if right, it's just but then at the same time, what if he, he loved that? He loved that pair of shoes that he designed just for you in his head, but now he's going to make 30 more pair because everybody loves them. So is he not an artist now? No, after that, he's a craftsperson. I think that it's the mm. one. It's the uniqueness. It's I, like, the I like this. It's the commentary I, that makes it art. You, you art has like to mean th- – This is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, because I, 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 I have – I have well. I want. I want. I want to use one of my words. So I'm. I'm gonna. T- I just came up with something that I've always thought that uh, um, about myself. As more people, because of Casey Salon, have told me that I'm an artist, and I'm just like ah. And I'm literally. I mean, I, inside I cringe and I hide from this. But in my mind, an artist is simply a person who utilizes <laughs> a craft to interpret a vision, and that's what I do. I. I think I. I, you know, if I, I come up with something that I, in my head, but I, I take the craft, the craftsman in me to actually make that become a reality. The skill and set. The skill set. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because I, I remember a while back ago in, in a comment on one of Jimmy's builds. Um, and he actually, this is one of the first times he mentioned me on his podcast, but he did something and I, I quoted Pablo Picasso, which, and I, and I love this, this quote. Um, it's, it simply says, and Picasso is, when I think of a, a true artist, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is Picasso. It's just, you know, just from what little education I have, that's what I think of as an artist uh, and Tim Sway. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he, Picasso was quoted as saying, every child is an artist. The problem is how to remain an artist once they grow up. And I, and I quoted that in, as a comment in Jimmy's, one of his builds, and it was because that's how I see him. I see Jimmy as a, an absolute artist. You know, as I as I do, Tim and and Phil, seeing some of the stuff you come up with too, it's so much easier for me to see other people as an artist and not think of myself that way. And yet, there are things that are extremely simple, but they are that that I will go to a, a flea market or a craft show and I see a very simple craft. I mean, literally something I could probably do in my sleep, but I didn't think of that particular item and it's beautiful. And I think of that as art. You know, whether it's a simple you know, wooden vase or, or I mean, just something simple. It's like, oh, I can do that. But it's not a matter whether you can do it too. It's that vision to create that in the first place and then utilizing your craft to make it happen. So. It's yeah. I'll make one quick point about this because I, I actually work for a company that's in the art business. So what, <laughs> what we do is we have 12 full-time artists on staff and they are creating on canvas using oils, paint and, and you know, art all day long. Now, what when they make an original, that's art. When we send it overseas to be reproduced, that's home decor. That's decoration. It's what we sell for one hundred ninety nine dollars when you can buy it at Winners or HomeSense or whatever, you know, that's or Home Goods or whatever it stores you guys have in the states. <laughs> that's that's decor at that point. You're decorating your house. It's not art. If you bought an original or a certified or whatever or lithograph that's been numbered, that's art. You know the the uniqueness of the of the piece is what makes it art in my mm. mind anyway. So I, I think we're having two discussions. We're we're talking about artists and craftspeople and what is art and what is yep. crafts. Yeah, yeah, and I kind I kind of want to challenge you guys a little bit on the point about the skill set being related more to craft than art, because I'm betting Phil that the artists on staff at your work are people who had to come in credentialed as artists, meaning that they had, um, a, you know, some sort of extended education in art technique. And so when I think about um, art in that way, 
I realized that there is a really refined honed set of skills that they use to even to make originals. And they may use that skill set over and over again, but they may not produce exactly the same thing every time. So in that, in that no, sense, but- I kind of feel like art and craft get blurred together because I feel like both of them, both of them are contingent upon a, a refined set of skills. For us, it's really they come in with a portfolio and we sort of take a look at their mm-hmm. skill set because it's more important that they can, not wh- how or they derive that skill set. Mm-hmm. And But there's also quite a bit of education just because just because you can paint extremely well doesn't mean that you're necessarily a commercial artist mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. a lot of commercial art has to do with abstracts, less figurative things, under, you know, being able to interpret what a trend is in color or in vision and then just being able to produce something that will sell a thousand copies, you know, yeah. instead of finding that right unique buyer. But yeah, I think it comes, I think both come from a skill set and they both come from a technical ability. Mm. It's like I said, it's the execution in my head anyway, that, that defines art versus craft. You're making one, you're making a statement, you're saying something that's art. You're making a beautiful product over and over again for profit. That's craft. So, so here, I'm going to mess with sway a little bit. So Tim, you, you've made an amazing, desk out of a pinball machine mm-hmm. and you're about to do another one or you're in the process of doing another one if you did third <laughs> you're, you're about to you're, you're about to do your third one so are those yeah. no longer pieces of art they are just craft pieces that you put together uh you know the second one was probably would fit uh, under phil's definitions would be a i would have been a craftsman making that because it was basically a reproduction of the first one uh, I, there were some changes along the way because, you know, when you make one of something, it's, it's, you could also call it prototyping, you know? Um, so maybe I'm still like that particular, if I were to go to market with that, if I were to, you know, work for Phil's company and be one of the 12, um, after the second one, I probably would have made one more. And then that would have been the one that would have gone off to production. The one I'm making now is completely different. Um, that's, you know, kind of how I, wanted to model my business as, as calling myself an artist and not a, a manufacturer. Um, I want to make one-offs, you know, I find myself making a lot of reclaimed wood tables with steel bases and they're all basically the same. Uh, and the, it is definitely what I'm like, I'm, I'm working on two right now. I've got some matching stools and chairs on, you know, it's, it's kind of like the same thing. It's sort of a craft. Um, it's the same motions. It's the same ideas. Maybe the measurements are different. But that's that's what I'm being a craftsman, I guess, or an artisan, I think is another word that might be used. Um, but what I get excited about is, you know, I mean, I'm, this is my my livelihood and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pay the mortgage and, and all that stuff. So sometimes you have to do that. But what I get excited about is like this pinball desk. Like I have, I'm making $2 an hour on this thing. I mean, I'm just like, this is like, you know, the amount of time I have into this, but it doesn't matter. Oh, you're an artist then. You're an absolute artist if that's the case. Well, you know, I, I like to think of myself as a, an artist that can that can balance the books though. You know, you, you take on the jobs that are going to pay the bills and then you do the jobs that, you know, sometimes it works that way. Um, I, I enjoy making the things that pay the bills. I like, because that hones my, my skill set, my crafts, my ability to use the tools. It makes me better for when I go and I have the idea, like I have some art ideas of some, you know, projects I'm going to do in upcoming videos that are a little more artsy. Um, and some of the skills and the tools and, and stuff that I'm using in these, I get better at them. And, uh, you know, and that's, and I, and I think one of the reasons I continue to call myself an artist instead of like a craftsman or whatever is that that's sort of how I ended up here is that it's always been about what I feel the need to say. And, and it brings me to different places. Like it was music for a while. I considered myself a writer for a while. I considered myself a designer. And now I consider myself an upcyclist <laughs> you know? because it's always so- like this this thing that has to be said, but, but there's a craft and there's a skill set that goes with each of them. And that's what keeps me young and excited is that I'm always learning how to use these things. Like Bill, you've been using plasma cutters forever. I just got one, <laughs> you know, it's exciting. It is. It, that is actually exciting. Um, I'd uh, like, I'd like to pose a question to all three of you in case I'll start with you. You guys can all answer the same question. We're talking about our definitions of it, of art, craft, um, being an artisan, being an artist, being a craftsperson. So in your case, Casey, um, somebody comes in, they discuss with you a, a, a hairstyle that they want to get done. And at the end of the service, they get up and they're like, oh my God, in their mind, they see this amazing, they didn't know that they're, they could look this way. They, they 
feel that you've created a piece of art on their head. And it may be the exact same haircut that you've done, like the, the five previous clients that came in, you did pretty much the same haircut. So my question would be, do you guys feel that art is also very much in the eye of the beholder, right? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. So even though Tim or Phil or Casey, you guys service a client, Phil, you'd be whiskey boxes, Tim, you'd be pinball desks. <laughs> Regardless of what you feel about, you know, hey, this, I just, I just whopped out a piece of, of work here. Somebody can either visualize that as their art. They take this home, they they go home and they look at themselves in the mirror. They go home, they look at their whiskey box on the table. They go sit down at their desk. This is a piece of artwork. Yeah, in the Phil. same respect. That same, that same person, though, may very well just get up and say, this is some beautiful craftsmanship, and they just don't see it as art. The person, Casey, they get up and they think you've done an amazing haircut. This is quality craftsmanship. I can tell that your skill set, you have a lot of knowledge. Phil, somebody says, this whiskey box is amazing. It's exactly what I wanted off XZ. Um, you know, it, this is great craftsmanship. And the same thing with your pinball desk. It's it's like the guy sits down and goes, this is what I paid for. It's just it's simply the craftsmanship that went into it. This is a beautiful piece of craft. Are you asking me this? Do I, do I get to I'm go asking first? all three of you this because I <laughs> – yeah, you get to go first, and I'm going to be quiet for a while because I just talked a lot. Okay, I, I love this question and this scenario um, because it really helps me when I think about how I'm going to answer it, um, kind of hone in on what my definitions of art and craft are. And so I think you bring up a really good point that even if out there in the world there exist 50 of the same thing, whoever has it at their house or is wearing it on their head, if it happens to be hair, feels like it's their one of a kind. And they may feel like it's a piece of art, even if it's not a not an original. So that tells me that yes, art is in the in the eye of the beholder. And what that tells me is that art perhaps is is conceptual, and craft is corporeal. So craft is the thing you can touch, and it's physical, and it exists in the world. But art is is something that is conceptual, and it's something that we that we give meaning to in the way that we think about it. What do you think about that? If you, if you're asking me if I, I believe in that, I, I, I think they're both corporeal. I think that the, the differentiator is the intention of the artist or the craftsperson. But what about the intention of the patron versus the artist? Um, I'm going to be controversial. and I'm going to say that's irrelevant. Oh Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah? Uh, there, there are art collectors that collect art because it's a good financial investment. Hmm. It's not it, art does because that, I believe does, it's art. It's art because it's you know that we have an objective social contract that it is. I but sold. does that negate the person who's going to – here's a good example. We all have a grandma that has a knickknack, right, that is in love with this piece of art. It's beautiful. But we can go to the thrift store now and find like 89 – copies of the big resin grapes that sit on the coffee table okay but i don't think it negates what an individual sees as art. well I, it's the emperor's it's the emperor's new but, clothes what do you mean just because you believe it doesn't make it well so. here's a question um suppose it does with me actually this is a really good question for you guys because you guys take things that already exist and make them into other things so suppose um grum you know you you inherit grandma's uh, glass grapes, like you were talking about, and you take them home and you sort of put them in an, an arrangement in your house that has design and aesthetics involved. And this thing that isn't necessarily an original or a piece of art now becomes part of like an artistic expression in the way that you have arranged your space. Um, can you then say that it it is art? Just putting it yes. out there? Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, we have to send a picture to Phil first to get his opinion. (laughs) But only if Phil says the intention of the artist that makes it. Okay. So then, so then it's a piece of art, and then we take a picture of it. We make lots of prints of the picture, and now it's not art anymore. Okay. Just making sure. Well, the 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 artistic statement still are, but the 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 photograph itself, the the print, isn't. That's commerce. That's that's Unless Uh, I take fifty. Unless I I take. I, but uh, but I'm rolling with it right now because I I dig the idea. Yeah. I'm sure there's yeah. there's definitely some some holes. Well, wait, in this. actually, can you there's, can you repeat what you just said, Tim, about the the vision of the artist is the art, and then the picture? Well, what was it that you just said? I, I thought that was really good. 
Um, I have no oh. idea. <laughs> we'll have to listen to <laughs> the recording. No, it's the intention of the artist that the defines whether or not it's the art. The intention of the artist is art. You know, I mean, like, take a pair uh, – well, I mean, automobiles are a great example. Um, th- these things are designed by artists and sculptors, and they and they create this car. And, th- of course, there's a bigger team that's involved in that. But so there's that initial, like, sculpture of the car, maybe like a pair of, like, uh, you know, sneakers. There's this – original pair of sneakers that someone comes up with this is this is the new thing that everybody's going to want next year and then they mass produce them and everybody buys them so when you buy that one millionth pair of sneakers off the assembly line it's not a work well, of I art. Have a, oh, but sorry, some, some people might look at it as like like some people might really appreciate the art that went into that design like this pair of sneakers is a work of art no actually technically the first pair was you have a reproduction of it but if you want to appreciate it as as art that's so great. question you know. um so are you are you suggesting that when something becomes commercialized it is no longer art not necessarily commercialized but mass produced mass produced i think okay i right Phil? i mean would you agree Phil? yeah once See, it, I would, I would, I would, it's not it's not made lovingly by the hands you know i mean but artists go on on rants of theories and, and themes where they make a hundred things that are very similar because they're developing right. a theme. But I think once as, it goes as, to the factory... It goes, it goes back to the intention of the artist. Making a million Nike, Nike sneakers, the intent of the artist is not a statement. It's not a commentary. It is commerce. Yeah. So... See, as upcyclers, as upcyclers and recyclers and, and things that we cycle, us, <laughs> that's our shtick, right? Um, that gives us the opportunity to create a lot of art because we can take a pair of sneakers and create something with that mass produced thing. For sure. I would spray it with Lysol first. Block. It's a new Lego. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah, but I mean, yeah. so, okay. Um, so I have a question about the intention of the artist. I still feel like there's another side to the story um, as to what defines art. And I guess um, now I'm sort of thinking about museum art and, I think most most of the time when you go see a an exhibition at a museum, you can expect the pieces to be one of a kind originals. Um, so I get that that they're one of a kind originals. They're not mass produced, so these are works of art. But <laughs> I have to pay to get into the museum, so it's there's commerce. There's a commerce element there, and what? But you're not the well, artist. Well, I know, but it's the intent of the artist. Okay, but it. is that true? Because I have no doubt that there are a ton of amazing works of art that are hanging somewhere that nobody sees. So I go to the museum and I see these things, and that's how I know they're art. So what there, I feel like there's a con- contribution from the, the viewer, the gaze of the viewer, not just the intention of the artist as to whether or not it's art. Yeah, if a tree falls in a forest and nobody's around type thing. I don't know. Um, I, I want to. I want to tell just a quick little story that I I think is relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, I exhibited. Does it involve last... bicycles? Because I love bicycles. <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think. Or chickens. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the parts that were used. Oh, uh, chickens everywhere. No, so I I did a, I exhibited at an art show, art in quotes show last October, um, in New Haven. And I sold some stuff there. Uh, so I sold uh, – Bill, you know the video. <laughs> There's two of them. I do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> though, uh, walnut stools with VW, VW disc brake and the springs uh, and the table with the chain. The chain stay. There's all walnut slices. So I sold these to a guy who has an art gallery in a couple towns over. And, uh, you know, he, so we negotiated a deal. He said I was, he was there checking out artists that were living and breathing artists in, in Connecticut. Um, said I, I there was only a couple artists that were worth like looking at. I was one of them, which I thought was like super cool. You know, that he said that. So he bought these pieces, you know, talked me down a little, asked me to deliver them to his studio. So I get to a studio, I meet this guy and I got this education in art that I, it was just amazing in like an hour. Like he was just showing me around all this art. So basically he's, he does two auctions a year and he's, you know, he's a dealer. So he's taken, you know, 40% of off whatever, you know, two auctions a year and they only deal with non breathers. And this is the way he explained it to me that there was two types of artists are so the ones that are breathing and then the ones that aren't breathing, right? As, as a businessman, that's how he sees it. Now the non breathers, they they're dead. So their art now has a history 
Uh, well, yeah, it goes up because they're dead if they're good, whatever. But that's not the. It's not even that. It's um, if the, it's the if scarcity, the pain- they they can't make any more of them. But and the painting has a has a lineage now. It has a history. So mm-hmm. it's sold for X amount of dollars in 1850, and then it sold for X amount of dollars in 1901. And so it's a commodity. And so it has a there's a value that can be assessed to it. If you're still alive and you're still creating that market, it's that's like um, right. it's in that's that's the casino. Whereas the 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 non breathers, that's the stock market. Like there's a little more, you know, like it makes more sense to them. So when you go to an, an art museum and and you look at art, like there's I don't know, I feel like there's a lot of this stuff at play. There's so much of this like you're paying to get in. There's there's all these like factors at play in there that have nothing to do with art. It's only to do with business. You know. Well, there's so what I was trying to say with the whole tree thing. If, for example, I don't know if this is true, but let's say you found at a garage sale a painting, and it turns out it was uh, an original by Pablo Picasso. The person you bought it from had no clue. You have no clue. You hang it in your house. You live, and on your deathbed, the house catches fire, and and it's destroyed. Nobody will ever know that that was a Picasso. Was that a piece of art? Because nobody actually identified it as art. Well, you, you liked it enough to hang it on your wall. Before yeah, but you're saying it's the intent no, of the you artist. No, but you know darn well what he means. It's If it was a Picasso, it's art. It's objective. Like you but said, it no, has or, a or Let's say somebody found it and then all the critics go, you know what? That's just not very good. That's a Picasso that we're not going to pay any money for. Nobody's going to hang it up in a museum. He was it having sucks. a bad day that Even day. Even though his intent yeah. – he was yeah, having a bad just, day. Brown period. But it's not no. worthy of anybody actually going to an auction, putting it in an art gallery. So that – it gets tossed. They, maybe that's how it ended up at the garage sale well, to he's begin a, with. He's a pop culture artist. I mean, yeah. you know. Well, I'm just saying as an example. And that's if just an, not going to happen. If you find an unfound Picasso, millions. Let's Doesn't take matter Picasso out it of it. Take Picasso out of it. If there is an artist, right, that nobody gives value to that piece of art, nobody will actually say that's art. He thinks it is. It ends up at a garage sale. That's that's it. Is that art? Because there's no art like that all over the world right now. Most of it's in my loft, actually, because nobody ever bought it. Sure, it it is. You're going to get a value for it at a garage sale, right? It's not the it's not the the amount of value that it gets, but it that it has value that. The artist who painted it has the intent of it being art. They were trying to say something. That's what art so is. Regardless of, of what happens to that piece of art. In fact, if the artist makes something, puts it on a shelf, forgets it, moves out, it gets lost to history. Nobody besides him has ever seen it. There's still that art piece existed. You know, it, it, does, it doesn't even have to be good. You don't even have to be yeah. good to be an artist. It's like there's like folk art and there's, you know, like my, my whole mission has always been I wanted to just leave a little mark. Uh, whether it was like an album in the Library of Congress that no one ever listened to or a video on YouTube or a desk, you know, made out of a panel. I always just wanted to like leave something behind. And it doesn't have to reach a bazillion people to be art. It only has to be the, – the intent has to be true when I make it. And like one person has to like it enough to buy it. That helps, <laughs> you know, if not, it just goes into my collection of stuff that nobody ever bought. Um, but you know, the, like, like the, um, the foosball lamp bill, I know you saw that one. I never <laughs> sold that. It's actually been moved around so many times it's broken now, but <laughs> you know, but it was an artistic statement that I made. And, and for that particular one, the video is more important than the <laughs> lamp. The lamp kind of sucked, you know, <laughs> but, but so the, after the all moment, of this, let, let's do a round robin real quick. After this discussion amongst, um, three of my favorite people, including myself <laughs> so before Never mind. So who are you anyway. leaving out then? <laughs> yeah. Who's dropping off this island? Me. <laughs> Casey, do you consider yourself an artist? Here. No, I don't. I don't. But, um, I do fully support the reception of my work to various clients as art if that's how they choose to see it. Bill, do you consider yourself an artist? If I do, then I haven't made any art (laughs) yet. Which I don't. I consider myself to be a craftsperson. All right. So more importantly, Tim, after this discussion, do you consider yourself to be an artist? You know, I hate it, but yes. (laughs) How about you, Mr. Lutz? I, um, I, you know what? I'm coming around, believe it or not. I, I honestly, I feel very artfully uh, inspired a lot 
more than I ever used to. And when people call me an artist now, it doesn't feel as strange as it, as it could have. Let's, let's take this to another step. Each mm-hmm. of us will do it really quick. I'll, and I'll start. I'll show you how I'm going to do it. Artists, yes or no? Casey, yes. Phil, yes. Bill, yes. Okay, now someone go. What am I doing? Oh, I'm telling you opinion. Not, I believe you're your an opinion. artist. Yeah, so Phil, who do you think is an artist? Point to him and say yes or no. I think, I, I don't know. It's for you to define that. It's the intent of the artist. When you're creating something, are you trying to make a statement? Are you making a commentary? Sissy. Okay, I, say, no, no, I, 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 I can't say that for well, you. Because I'm on, on, the, on the intent of the viewer team, I'm going to go ahead and say we're all artists. That, that's why <laughs> everybody gets yeah. a participation trophy. But I'm telling you, when it comes down to even something as, let's say something as silly as, as the law, right? Intent plays a huge factor in guilt. You know, if you accidentally mowed somebody down with your car because it was a complete accident, that's one artist. thing. But oh, oh. Exactly. no, you're not. They're your craftsperson. But if you intended on mowing them down with your car, that's intent. That's that's homicide. Right. Intent right, plays so a huge difference. We, no, you, that's yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting analogy. It is. <laughs> Let, let's wind this. Let's bring it back real quick to um, um, our show and our podcast. Oh, what are we um, doing here? Everybody out there that <laughs> listens, let us know what you think. Because I know there's a lot of craftspeople. There's a lot of artists out there that like our show. Uh, a lot of upcyclists, a lot of people that do some amazing thing, and I consider each and every one of them artists. Let us know. Do you consider yourself an artist or a craftsperson? And also, did our show influence your decision now that we've asked the question? Yeah. Hmm. Can't wait to hear the responses. Man, you just kept your job for another week there, Bill. <laughs> yeah, he's um see having some healthy competition around is good because it makes him, you know, rise to the challenge. So well, that's yes. yeah. He's intent on keeping <laughs> his job. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. Buddy. I just utilize the skills God has given me, the natural talent that I have, <laughs> right, Tim? Yeah. Bearded dragon. So um, what is everybody watching? Let's start with our guest of honor. Casey, what are you watching on YouTube? Oh, these days? well, thank you so much for asking. Um, true confessions. I, I tend to watch more non making related videos than making related videos. And that's just because I am. Um, I have no idea what y'all are doing. I just think that what happens at the end is amazing, but I just don't, I don't kind of get the process. Side note again. Um, I think I realized in this conversation that to me, craft speaks more to the process and art speaks more to the concept side note. But anyways, um, okay. So I am watching. Is that how you argue with Bill, by the way, you just like throw out side notes, side note. Um, you're wrong. Go do the it's it's the way. It's actually the way that I win all of our arguments because he totally he forgets everything. He forgets what we were arguing about. That was there's a mic like drop. Ancillary there. arguments. There's tangential points. Yeah, totally. Wow. You need like a spider graph. Exactly. And, and so you guys are throwing chart. out a bunch of words. I don't know. Tangential. Isn't that when a kid? My, my a left brain really enjoys a flow chart. <laughs> um, okay, so I I watch a lot of the YouTube channel um, NWSL Soccer, which is National Women's Soccer League. And it's the professional league in the United States um, for women from which the pool of um, contenders for our national team and many other countries' national teams are recruited. And the level of talent in the sport is just breathtaking. Um, And the reason I... And I, I would consider a lot of those athletes, by the way, seriously, artists, the way they yeah. play, the, apply It's, it's pretty, pretty badass. And I have to say that, um, well, the reason I'm sort of bringing this up on, on, um, on your podcast is because I think that, um, well, first of all, women's professional soccer in the United States deserves to be sponsored and on television so everyone can see it, just like men's soccer. And so the more... And, and they deserve to be paid. Thank you. Women. I, I fully agree with yeah. that. Um, so the more people yeah. subscribe to this channel and the more people watch the games, the more likely that will happen sooner. Um, but really, the reason I'm talking about it on your podcast is because I find it inspiring and I'm hoping that other people find it inspiring too. And people who make stuff, you know, we we get really creative when we're inspired. So, you know, that who's to say that watching professional women's soccer on YouTube can't lead to some really future amazing hair slash made pieces. Mm. I don't think anyone would say that. <laughs> and subbed. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bill, who are you watching on YouTube? Oh man, what am I doing? What am I watching? Um, uh, I got a couple more shout outs real quick first. Um, Jay Rivera did a kind of cool video. Family does not necessarily mean DNA in common. That uh, was that was a pretty good thing, and I've always said that your family is who you love and who loves you. Period. Um, uh, Matt Royer back in the shop after a little uh, time off, and uh, he seems like a very happy camper lately. Matt, we love you, and I'm glad you're back. Let's see something that you make. Uh, Jim Shears looking good. Uh, had a surgery a while ago. Um, and then the last thing I want to I want to talk about in this uh, uh, real quick. Um, Frank Snyder, uh, I know, listens to our show, and so does Ragtie. And they came up with, and I think we've all, we were in this conversation um, about copying and sharing and uh, this idea thing. Uh, maybe somehow let's, we can let's regulate do it that next week. It. Yeah, that could be a whole topic. Yeah, let's, that's what I was thinking. Uh, the the, the person that we're going to have next week that might tie in perfectly. So just throwing we're not it out. Have there. Anyone next week? Who we oh, have no, 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 no. nobody. Oh, would you have like another, like a cousin or a sister that's going to be on the show or? How many wives do you have? <laughs> well, I lived in Utah for 10 <laughs> you years. You did live in Utah and he was going to say That's right. That. Yeah, it's coming. All right. So anyway, well, regardless, I just want to say Frank and Ragtie, um, I, I like your idea and you guys are supporters of the show. So we're going to, we're going to incorporate that into a topic some when, somehow. Next week. Anyway, last thing, last thing, real quick. Speaking of another topic, um, uh, Wildman Tech uh, actually wrote into us, and Tim and I uh, answered, I think, but we don't really know how to answer this. How to grow your YouTube channel? That's something we're still working on. But um, uh, if you guys are listening out there, what's some ideas that you might have? If 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 you got a gazillion subscribers, let us know how you did it. Anyway, so what am I watching? You guys ask, and, and I'm going to tell you, because I watched an amazing, uh, somebody posted it, I think it was uh, uh, Paul Jackson, <laughs> Paul Jackman, uh, Paul Jackman put this uh, um, this YouTube channel out, it's called Something Fishy, and it's a couple of uh, young college kids, and there's four videos now, the latest one, the, the first one is uh, uh, Eric Howe. A woman's guide to—I believe that's what it's called—a woman's guide to air, how to change a air conditioning capacitor. The second one is a woman's guide how to change a flat tire. The third one is how to, a woman's guide to building a table. And then they just did a channel intro that everybody needs to watch. It's like they just did it a few days ago. You gotta watch this. Something fishy. There's going to be so many interpretations of what these young people are trying to say, and I, for one, think. It's one of the best concepts to start important discussions that I've ever seen. How is that for being vague? Watch something. I love I love those videos too, even though I don't know about making stuff, but they're amazing. Uh, Yeah, right. Yeah, and there will be a link. uh, You know, obviously, there's links to all of our stuff that we suggest, but mine's more important. (laughs) Click on my link. I'm just saying. Can okay, I quickly add one more person to the list of shout outs? <laughs> I, I just wanted sure. to give Joy Parker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just wanted to give Joy Parker a shout out because um, I know that she's part of your maker community, but uh, guess who introduced her to your maker community? Me, when she was sitting in my chair at the hair salon. <laughs> so Joy, um, you are amazing, both in the salon and as a maker, and I hope you're having a great day. And I'll see you next time in the salon. Absolutely. I, I've seen some of Joy's work. Uh, everybody can see it if you find her on Facebook. She's uh, she's quite the artist, or is she a craftsperson? Come. Oh. Come, I really are the most adorable <laughs> shout-out ever. There really are two Lutzes on our, <laughs> our podcast this week. Two Lutzes. <laughs> is it Lutzi? What's, what's the plural of Lutz? Isn't uh, Lutz already plural? Yeah. Just like... It's already plural, right? It's like no, but loot, it's like L-U-T, the plural of loot. So you guys start getting all educational, trying to confuse me again. <laughs> Tim, who are you watching? Uh, who am I watching? Well, I'm gonna, in the spirit of uh, uh, lootsizing, I'm going to do a couple shout-outs <laughs> as well. Um, so, uh, first shout-out is uh, Ted Argyle. I think I'm pronouncing that right. He just put up an interesting video um, of uh, about how he's insulating his basically chicken coop 
<laughs> with recycled plastic, which I thought was really cool. He just uh, he just took something to a to a different level. Uh, so I would recommend watching Ted's video on how to reuse or upcycle any plastic. Is the name of the video. Next shout out goes to Sean's workspace, who is following along in my uh, ever or never ending quest to find uses for our old compact discs. And he made a compact disco <laughs> ball and it's awesome. Oh, that's cool. And uh, yeah, it was cool. It was one of the ideas that came out when I was messing around with some compact disc ideas and he went, uh, it might've been his idea. I'd have to go back and check the, the chat. But so he went and actually did it and it's, it's wicked. It's wicked. Cool. And uh, it's not as hard as it sounds. Uh, he found a pretty simple solution with zip ties and whatnot. Um, that's cool. And then, um, hang on a second. There's a, I have, I have some information coming in. (laughs) That one's for me. You go ahead with the rest of your thing. Oh, you're going to get, you're going to take care of that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So, okay. And then, uh, my, my video to watch is, uh, Shogun Jimmy. He has a small channel is kind of a newer channel, I believe. He's been doing a lot of fun stuff with our buddy Eloy Escadero. Escadero. I'm going to pronounce it wrong now. <laughs> Escadero. Uh, thank you. Workshop. Um, but they, they've been kind of like clowning around doing some fun stuff. And uh, Jimmy, uh, I asked him uh, to, or I, he expressed interest in, I should say, the uh, Game Maker Challenge. And so I was like, I was like, please go ahead. We're trying to get Trust and Timber's uh, Game Maker Challenge thing going. And, uh, he did. He stepped up and he made a game with his daughter. It's, it's, he didn't reinvent a game because you don't have to to be a part of the Game Maker Challenge. But he made a game with his daughter. He made a checkerboard. And uh, they did a couple interesting things. Uh, first off, his daughter is like a rock star in the workshop. I was like super impressed. Uh, and they take safety seriously, uh, which is, of course, important. But they made a, a beautiful checkerboard. Uh, and they used Sharpie markers and sanders to do the coloring. It gave it this sort of aged look, which I thought was really interesting and cool. So I wanted to recommend everybody go check out Shogun Jimmy's channel and uh, watch him and his daughter make a really awesome checkerboard. That's very cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I'm going to be completely unique and uh, follow exactly what everyone else did and give a shout out oh. to... Uh, to Bill Van Lu. It is his birthday today, the day that we are recording this, which is uh, Monday the 29th. So happy birthday, Bill. We're big fans of yours and, uh, and, and keep on keeping on. Happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So my uh, YouTube thing is his name is uh, Zach something, but the name of the channel is ZH Fabrications. And he's also hmm. a newer uh, YouTuber, but. He's really, really good. Like he's he's made some really cool jigs that I'm definitely gonna make, like a mortising jig, something a little bit less traditional that I've seen, and uh, just a really, really talented guy. Like very good at woodworking, and he just put out part one of a Nicholson workbench, which is kind of like the competitor to the Rubo. So, um, so <laughs> I'm curious to see how long before his gets to completion. But I think he's gonna be much faster. Oh, than you was. should you should totally make one, Phil. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I said to him, I, I commented on his video. I was like, uh, I was like, can't wait to see part two. Don't make the same mistake I did. Make it a four-part series that spans nine months. <laughs> was it only nine months? Yeah, but there was like a f- seven-month break in between parts so it was two, two and months. three. It's, it's, two it's weird because that, that break. your yeah. Rubo Bench build literally makes me feel like we've been doing this podcast for about three years. <laughs> also, not a compliment. Rude. Oh no! It wasn't meant. To, wasn't meant to be. <laughs> yeah, oh, so the intent was to be rude. Gotcha. That was a work ah, of art. Bill. Ah, that was a work but of art. Was that my statement it. artistically said because I intended right. it to be. It was a very crafty process in your mind to get to that. <laughs> oh, he's a cra- He's the craftiest of all the lutes. Yeah, he learned from the best. <laughs> Um, okay, our channels on Instagram and Twitter and YouTube. I am Phil Pinsky. William Lutz, I believe there is a website dedicated to your personage, yes? I know, WilliamLutz.com. Thanks again to uh, um, Make Build Modifies. Uh, I, I love him. I love him. Uh, thank you. WilliamLutz.com. You can find everything in the world that is important about me, basically. And uh, go click on it. 
Wait, are, are you, is is there a link to uh, Casey Luce's salon <laughs> website on that page yet? <gasps> Would you like I some ketchup with your foot? Can I do sure. that? Yeah, I, I no, don't know I mean, if you can, can, can that be do done. that, but I'm pretty sure Justin can. it can. be done or can Bill do it? Oh. Two different things. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> I don't, I, you know what? Nobody listening needs an answer to that. They all know the answer to that. No. So, yeah, the answer, I mean, the question is, can it be done? If it can be done, I would love to put a link to you guys and um, uh, Manifesto Salon yeah, as awesome. well. So, Just I, cool. I, I'd be willing to pay cash money yeah, for something and, and like for that. folks listening who are curious about the salon, the um, website is Manifesta oak.com so that's like the word manifesto except it has an a on the end so it's like sort of more feminine word manifesta oak like oakland all one word dot com Mm -hmm. dot com phil you can put a you can put a link to that in the show notes right yeah i think so and um and also if you do go to williamlutz.com there is a video from william lutz's youtube (laughs) channel of a tour of that salon from a while ago, really? it was over over a year ago. Um, but we're you know showing some of the furniture that you were talking about that Bill made uh, for your salon, and it is a beautiful space, and it is amazing furniture that Bill made. Well, and, who's uh, stalking who now, Tim? Um, <laughs> I, know. I watched it at two times speed. <laughs> <laughs> Someone said that to me also in a comment. He's like, "Oh, maybe it was on Reddit actually." You know what? Someone's no, like, I, oh, I actually did. one I of your podcast listeners who lives in our area actually came by the salon to check it out after hearing about it on the podcast. Steve, right? Stan, uh, Stan. sorry, Stan. Stan. I, I knew I knew your name was Stan. Stan I'm Pierce. sorry. Stan Pierce. <laughs> and Stan we got Steve to meet him uh, at Maker Fair as well as uh, uh, hang out with um, uh, at the pizza party yeah. after Maker Fair. Really, really Pierce. great guy. Who just is moving in the process of moving to Oregon where he's going to retire, has property with two buildings and a house oh, and right. a shop. Yeah. And, oh, man, I'm so Yeah, jealous. so if other folks in the area but, or who are visiting would like to come see it, we welcome you. I would I would hope to, to come visit your salon I hope, someday. I hope uh, for that would, as well. I would be very happy. <laughs> By the way, can also, I, oh, I and, and the, the, the infamous, famous um, Emmy Award, what's the big one, the Oscar guy? Oscar-winning video of the Andy Berkey interrogation was filmed at on Manifesto location Salon. at that's Manifesto right. Salon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah? Yep. That's right. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's right. Is that on the? Um, is that on the one of those star tours? <laughs> Map. It's on a map. Yeah, it's like you know John Wayne's house. We have um, we have Andy right. Berkey's footprint in the sidewalk outside the salon. Actually, that was we got his face accident. print too from yeah. when he was sticking his face in the water bucket. The weird thing, it wasn't it wasn't an accident, and we can literally blame Berkey for that. So. <laughs> it's all your fault. <laughs> all right, guys. Um, unless anyone has anything else, I want to wish everybody a great week. I don't think week. we got through them all, but we can find you, Phil. Where can we find you? Uh, we did me, but it's just Phil okay. Pinsky on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay, yeah. we got we got Manifesta, OAK. We got Manifesta. We got Tim. Timsway.net. I'm actually working on bringing that into the 21st century sometime soon. <laughs> well, um, I just want to say thank you so much to all of you for inviting me to come speak on your podcast. I feel really honored. I had nothing to do with this. Let's be, <laughs> let's be clear about that. I really had nothing no, to do with it. No, that is true. That is true. <laughs> Actually, it was all. It, it was, was a great all, topic, and it was a lot of fun. Right. To Thank have you, you so on. much. Thanks for joining us. I really enjoyed being here. Yeah, and uh, we'll see which loot shows up next <laughs> week. Who knows? You know, I mean, it was a dice. great audition. <laughs> all right, guys. Have Bye. A good one. Bye, everybody.